And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Fleet Matthews Radio Show. Thank you for listening and tuning in wherever you are around the world. Uh, Professor Kabahia Watakamane is here with me today. He is uh, the author of uh, uh, William Leo Hansberry, uh, a lib- Intellectual Libation. Um, he is a well-known uh, master teacher and, of course, uh, the, uh, the head of the, and CEO uh, of uh, Per Ankh. Welcome back, my good friend. Hotep to my brother, Philippe. Thank you so much for inviting me back on your show. Good to Absolutely. be with radio. Absolutely. So we're doing radio today, and one of the things that is extremely popular and extremely necessary and needed for our community uh, that has been extremely well-received uh, is your work on spirituality before religions. Can you give us an overview of what that is? The, uh, uh, the, the book that I'm developing at this point, uh, dealing with spirituality before religions, is, is based on the attempt to present information as it relates to our community. One of the things I've, I've uh, realized over time when I do a presentation, there are two areas that I um, speak on sometimes, and sometimes it, it, it gets into the presentation, whether it's history or geography, or whatever it may be. Spirituality and health and nutrition are two areas that we uh, really want to learn more. And one of the things I've come to realize is to separate the difference between what is spirituality and what is religion. Mm. And also, I've also admired um, people who do their research and present information. I enjoy books that are like investigative books. Mm -hmm. So I developed spirituality before religions in a way that it builds the the knowledge base as we go along – exploring this topic. For instance, one of the first things that we have to do, we talk about spirituality, we talk about spirit, but I really felt that before we even get into the book, we need to talk about what is spirit? What is spirituality? What is soul? What is ritual? So we begin the book in what I call before the pre-word talking about What exactly is spirit when we talk about it? But not just spirit as it relates to the ethereal sense, um, Mm -hmm. but also the science of it. I want to talk about the science of it. And so I uh, did research in areas of looking at spirit and light. Light Mm -hmm. being light and heat energy from the sun. And exactly what this cosmic experience is as we're going through this understanding of what is spirit. Spirit is real. Spirit is something that exists. And it's very important to go into the scientific concepts of what is science. And when I say science, I'm talking about knowledge. The -hmm. word scient, meaning knowledge. And then from looking at that, what I want to do is, to look at the authenticity of the African contribution to the concept of spirituality that would later lead to religions, I want to look at the Kushite kingdom of Africa, looking and understanding exactly what we mean when we talk about Kushites and their contributions, because you cannot understand Kemet or Egypt if you don't understand Kush. Mm -hmm. So from, from that concept of looking at Kush as... The, the, the mother civilization of the world. We then begin to look at this, what they did in forming spirituality 
And then we begin to look at the different dynasties that existed that came out of the Kushite kingdom in Kemet. And then the word, the, the, the depth of understanding is then to look at what texts, what writings came out of each of those particular dynasties. So the old kingdom brought forward what we call the Memphite text, which we don't have a copy of, but we do have a rewritten version of it in the Shabaka stone. And then the pyramid text that finds itself in the fifth dynasty of ancient Kemet. So we go from the old kingdom that then developed this writing system of spirituality, of the creator concept. We then move into the middle kingdom. And the middle kingdom is going to bring forward the coffin text. So many mm-hmm. of the things that were written on the pyramids and on in the Memphite text are going to be written on the coffins or the sarcophagi of the deceased. From there we go to the new kingdom, which then is going to create what we call the book of the coming forth today by night, where we're going to look at that and talk about what our ancestors were talking about. And one of the things I'd like to just speak on now is the idea that everything that was spoken of as it relates to the human being in death, rising into heaven to be with the God, the gods, the creator, is also a metaphor for what we need to do in life to ascend to higher levels of consciousness. Mm. So it was a dual story. It was not just about death, but it was about life. Mm-hmm. We then end up with the 25th dynasty, and that is going to take us into the Shabaka stone, which is a rewritten version of the Memphite text. So as what goes around comes around, what's interesting is that we end our book where we began. And then we take a particular chapter, chapter 43, from the book of the coming forth today by night. We analyze it as it relates to African peoples in the world today, Mm -hmm. which is today's date, June 20th, 2017. And we look at this writing and attempt to apply it to its meaning to us today. Because what's so important, Brother Philippe, is we understand that everything that our ancestors did back then in the ancient world was to be brought to us in today's world. Mm-hmm. And that becomes very important for us to understand. The Moors of North Africa had a uh, proverb that said, if you cannot use what you just learned, you wasted your time studying mm-hmm. it. That's incredible. That's incredible. Now, I know also in the work of spirituality before religion, you also talk about the 42 laws of Ma'at. How does that relate to uh, what you just shared? Well, our, our, our ancestors in developing laws that we should live by, mm-hmm. practical laws that we as human beings should live by, developed a set of concepts of what we should be looking at as we move through our life. And one of the things that they looked at was these 42 affirmations, these, these concepts of, of life. Mm-hmm. And, one, and one of the things that they looked at was these uh, 42 laws of, uh, these 42 laws of ma'at, ma'at, 
being the the judge, um, the the idea that she was the representative of justice and balance and all the 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 uh, things in our world that become so very important to us. And so these forty two laws were set for us to live by. And for instance. Uh, one of the laws is I have not done inequity. In other words, you haven't done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I have not robbed with violence. I have not stolen. I have done no murder. I have done no harm. I have not defrauded the offerings. In other words, things that people offer, whether they are, and see, again, this is so universal. When they're talking about I, I have not defrauded offerings, it's like when you, do something for someone for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, offerings is your life, what you do, what you offer, what you say, what you speak, what you think. I have not defrauded offerings. Uh, the idea that everything that comes, comes from your heart. That's why your heart is weighed on the feather against the feather of Ma'at. Because it was your heart that really describes the person that you are. Mm-hmm. I have not diminished obligations. You haven't taken shortcuts. You've done what you had to do in life. Mm-hmm. I have not plundered the nature, the nature being the spirit, the essence of nature. I have not plundered nature. I have not polluted the water. I have not polluted the air. I have not caused pain. I have not snatched away food. Okay, now food is not just what you put in your mouth. Food is education, what you mm-hmm. put in your mind. You mm-hmm. see, so in, in these laws, these are the 42 laws that when you go to the judgment hall to be judged for your life, you then are put in a situation where these are the 42 things that you're going to tell people as it relates to your life. And you are going to present yourself before the netters. And in the judgment hall, you are going to be able to develop a relationship to see if you've lived a worthy life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so these 42 laws of affirmation is what is going to be what you are going to be judged. There's another one. I have not been an eavesdropper. Mm. That's a very interesting concept. I have not been an eavesdropper. Uh, now, now, that deals with all sorts of different things. Mm-hmm. Not just like being a voyeur, but also as it relates to gossip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, again, eaves are, so it's, it's, it's all about the different types of life that you lived. And these 42 declarations of innocence, or what they call the admonitions of ma'at, they were in 42 laws. And basically, this is what people lived by. Now, this was what people lived by the same way because we know that the Ten Commandments were taken from these 42 laws of affirmation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Wow, this is amazing. Um, so the Ten Commandments basically is a direct, uh, well, we, you know, we talked about this on our, I think, our, on our first uh, interview about, well, being first on the planet, the Eurasian had to have stolen uh, what was already here because they could not create anything that was not already created prior to their arrival. Absolutely. And you see, spirituality before religion is not going to beat anybody's 
over the head. It's not meant to put down any religions because every religion came from the mind of Africans anyway. So it's not about putting people down. What it really is meant to do, it is meant to strip away religions, which is really the ritual. Mm -hmm. Religions really is the codification or the, the forming of a body of a group using spirituality as the guideposts. Mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Religion is the ritual, but spirituality is the fuel that fuels the religion. And because of the various uh, ways people think, they formed religion out of the spiritual system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we all get back to the same exact concept. There is but one universal truth. And so spirituality before religions, as I say throughout the book, you're not going to see me mention any religion. Mm -hmm. But everyone who is of a religious group will be able to see where their scripture came from. On the walls that were carved in Kemet by Africans or in the papyri that was the written form, or mm -hmm. on the coffins of the coffin text, you're going to see your prayers and your scripture and where they came from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you're a Christian, I'm not telling you don't be a Christian. I'm just saying understand where your Christianity came from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you are of Hebrew or Jewish faith, I'm not, a, I'm not trying to get anybody to leave your faith system. If you're Muslim, if you're Buddhist, even if you're agnostic or atheist, Mm -hmm. The point isn't to leave that, it is to become better at that. And so, so oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Professor. No, no, I'll follow you. Well, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about and, and, and to fold this in, you talk about the sevenfold soul, uh, sempaternary. Speak to us about that, what that means. Well, one of the things, looking at the work of Dr. Naeem Akbar and Dr. Wade Nobles and and Dr. Amos Wilson and Dr. Francis Chris Welsing. What's interesting is the septenary or the sevenfold soul was developed as it relates to the attributes of the soul. Now, sometimes people say, well, what's the difference between the spirit and the soul? Now, from the research, and everything that I'm saying comes from research. Nothing is written in stone. Everything that I'm saying is to be thought about and looked at and developed over time. Mm -hmm. But the spirit is the essence of animation of the light and heat energy that is encased in our body, in our mm. temple. This car, as our ancestors called it, this car is a mini car compared to the universal car. It is a microcosm of the macrocosm. Mm -hmm. I say, think of it like an ocean and a drop of water. What part of the drop of water isn't the ocean, and what part of the ocean isn't in the drop of water? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in our conception as human beings, studying the research done by our ancestors, it appears that when the drop of water or when the entity of the water that is separated from the ocean, which would be conception and birth, that drop of water is given a very unique ability. It is very unique. 
within the drop of water is the ocean, but in it being separated from the ocean, it now takes on a very unique characteristic and a very individual character. Mm. Everything that that person does in his or her life, using the car as the animating force and the body that traverses it through life, becomes the soul and is very unique. My soul is different from your soul, is different from other people's soul. But the car or the spirit within each and every one of us is the same. Mm -hmm. The soul is what differentiates us, makes me Kaba, makes you Philippe, makes people James or John or Kwame or Ahine. Mm -hmm. The soul becomes that individual entity within us. And so this soul was broken up into seven pieces. And the first was the Ka. And the Ka is the principal spiritual essence. It is the sum of the sevenfold soul. The Ka brings balance to the entire picture of the human being. It shows mm-hmm. that the human being is not only of earthly material, but also of heavenly material. Mm. You then have the Ba. The Ba was the vital principle, the soul of breath. It passed on from ancestor to descendant. It was the invisible energy source of all visible functions that run through all tangible things. Mm-hmm. When the car united with the Ba, it generated a new being, which was the individualized soul, which remained divine, incorruptible, and immortal. Now, the third level is the Kaaba. The Kaaba was a luminous, intangible covering which encased the Ba. Kaaba means to veil or to cover. Mm-hmm. It created a motion and motion. It was responsible for sustaining the sensory perception and the phenomenon of color. It also created harmony in the proper circulation of the blood. It was also called the sin body. And this is what Satan or the forces or the principalities of evil, evil will abuse. Mm-hmm. Next was the Aku. The Aku, A-K-H-U, is the seat of intelligence and mental perception. In the area of the Aku, the whole mystery of the human mind is comprehended. The Aku is characterized by the attributes such as judgment and analysis and mental reflection. The Aku is the intellectual spirit. Mm -hmm. The Seb is the ancestral soul. It manifests itself in humans during adolescence and puberty. And that's why Africans had the rite of passage uh, rituals and ceremonies in order to address the Seb. Mm -hmm. These rites awakened and greeted this transmuted person coming to life and joining the Ka, the Ba, the Kaaba, and the Aku. The sixth was the Puta which represents the intellectual mother or father. It is associated with the mental maturity of the individual. Puta marks the union of the brain with the mind. It governs your conduct, your concepts of ethics, and your respect for others. And the last and seventh was called the Atmu, 
The Atmu was the divine or eternal soul. It was represented by parenthood. Atmu contains the presence of the full creative powers and the ability to live forever. Mm. Atmu fulfills the unity of the essence of Patah, Aku, Seb, and all the other forms of the human being, and it brings forth, and this is what is going to be judged as we develop and understand uh, that judgment scene. All of these things combined, the sevenfold soul once lived its life, he or she, comes before the council, the judges, and Asar, the god of the underworld, and presents his life by weighing his heart against the feather. And if you've lived a good life, then your heart is light as a feather. Mm. If you've lived a life that has caused great pain, if you have disregarded many of the 42 affirmations, then your heart is heavy. And there is Amit. Amit is the devourer of the evil hearts. Mm -hmm. And out of all of this comes the concept that we today live as heaven and hell. Mm. And if you lived a good life upon your heart being light, you then moved back into the underworld and you sat at the right hand of a star. Just like in religions, they say you sit at the right hand of God. Well, this is where it comes from. You sit at the right side. The right side, not just as right and left, the right side as being you lived a righteous life balanced Mahatian life. That's amazing. I know there's a number. Was that number six or number seven? That was number seven. Because what you're seven. dealing with is the Ka, the Ba, the Kaba, the Aku, the Seb, the Puta, and the Atmu. Those are the seven parts of the soul. When we talk about the concept of heaven and hell, um, living righteously, we, you know, one of, one of your most famous um, soliloquies and monologues is from the pyramids to uh, the plantations and from the plantations to the projects and from the projects to the promised land. And you, you always talk about how we were rudely interrupted from our cosmic journey. Um, and, and that, particularly the, the, the Africans who are descendants of slaves uh, here in America and, and the Caribbean around the world, um, one would say, are we, are we living in that hell? Uh, but how do you live individually and then collectively uh, as, as, a, as a global healing population um, to, to create our heaven on earth? as we are in captivity, because our ancestors did that on the plantations. What's, what's interesting is that heaven is what you make it, and hell is what you make it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to our ancestors, <coughs> there, there was no delineation. Just like we spoke earlier about the fact that as you studied the sky maps, that were carved in the pyramid text where it was like a root of life that they mm -hmm. showed a solar boat. And in this solar boat, there was uh, 12 hours that you had to traverse 
the hours of the underlife that you had to traverse. And one of the steps, one of the hours, you encountered what was called the lake of fire. Now, that's very interesting. What do they mean by the lake of fire? Where if you lived the wrong life, you would go into the lake of fire, you would fall in it. And what it was, it was boiling water. Because the universe was water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ideas of the fires of hell, that's, that's, that came from the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the Egyptian text. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but think of the oxymoron. Think of how, how opposite. Lake, water, fire. Water and fire. Mm-hmm. So the idea of, uh, of punishment as it relates to the Kemites in the metaphor, not in realistic, not literal, mm-hmm. was the idea that your body uh, would go into a, a boiling water because the universe is made up of hydrogen. It's water. Mm-hmm. But how do you get a concept of fire or heart when it comes from the heat of the sun is you create a lake of fire, which actually is a lake of boiling water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the idea of heaven and hell is what you're experiencing in life. But what's most important, it is not what you're experiencing in life that you'll be judged for. It's what you did with it that you'll be mm-hmm. judged for. It's your heart. And our ancestors on the plantation had heart, a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. Part that I wonder if we could just get that back today, we could solve our problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. not just talking about black folk. I'm talking about human folk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the whole planet right now. If we could somehow get back to that, it's not what happens to you that counts. Because life has, life deals you cards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And whether you like it or not, you ain't getting no other cards. Mm-hmm. So you got to deal and play the game, your card game as best you can, with the cards that you were given. Mm-hmm. And we know people who have been given hands that weren't good at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our ancestors on the plantation were given a horrible set of cards. Mm-hmm. But they played them anyway. And they played them well. And they won their game, even with a bad hand. Mm. And if they could do that then, look at us. We pretty much have a much better hand than they had. Mm-hmm. So, I, so, so I'm not complain because if they could do with their hand what they did, I certainly can win at this game with the cards that I have. Mm-hmm. And so can Absolutely. each and every one of us. And I understand how easy it is to want to blame someone else for the hell that they created for you. I understand that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's not the real question. The question as it relates to spirituality before religions is, what you going to do with that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the question that we have to ask ourselves as we move through this process of life. We can blame people, uh, and I understand you'd be right. But that ain't going to solve your situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the idea of heaven and hell was transparent. In life, you're always going to have. In fact, 
I remember Dr. Martin Luther King once saying that your character is built not during times of comfort and convenience, but during times of conflict and controversy. And I know that our ancestors had a symbol for the process of becoming, the idea of your life becoming that, that person, that divine human that you were meant to become. Mm-hmm. The symbol of that process was called Kepra. And Kepra was a dung beetle. And a dung beetle is a beetle that eats dung. When it has its eggs, its babies, it, it puts its eggs in dung. And the baby beetles eat their way through the dung to the light of day. And so the idea of the lives that we live, the trials and tribulations that we have, that's what defines your character. Anybody can do the right thing when it's easy. Mm-hmm. But only a very special person can do the right thing when it's not. Mm-hmm. And what our ancestors were dealing with was that concept. They were dealing with a concept that said, thank you for giving me those rough days. Mm-hmm. Because it's in giving me those rough days that you gave me an opportunity to perfect my character. And our ancestors on the plantation were able to get to that point where they could understand that they were going to perfect their life to live through the days that they went through. So they went from the pyramids of heaven to the plantation of hell. And as so has it, on the plantation, they did their thing. But they couldn't go back to heaven right away. Mm -hmm. So they were put in projects that's like limbo or purgatory, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to make us stop for a moment and wonder and think and develop ourselves so that the next step, going into the promised land, the return back into heaven, would not just be like the pyramids, they would be better than the pyramids because not only did we know the heaven of the pyramids, but we also knew and conquered the hell of the plantation. So we would ascend into a better being for having experienced not just heaven, but also hell. And not just heaven and hell, but to take the heaven that's within hell to rise up into the promised land. And this is what our ancestors are saying as it relates to life. Uh But we're thinking under the concepts of white supremacy. Uh So we're caught up in the world that we're living in. And so what spirituality before religion is meant to do is to have us stop for a moment and contemplate through this book a concept. And everyone is going to get something different from the book. It's not meant to be one voice. Mm -hmm. It's not meant to be one thing. And it's not meant to be the defining uh, topic. I just want us to start thinking about this. Mm -hmm. I want us to start to figure out where do we go from here? What are we supposed to do? What's the purpose of our life? And spirituality before religions allows us those moments. Talk to us, uh, last question. Talk to us about, um, uh, in this work also, you talk about iPad and Wattset. What What is that? Well, well, Wattset is a place. 
And what we're dealing with when we're dealing with the, the uh, IPETs at Waset in particular, you have the IPET and the IPET is suit. Um, and the IPET is what we today call the Grand Lodge of Luxor. And the IPET is soot is what we today call Karnak. And so the, the IPET is a Grand Lodge of Luxor. And basically what it is, is that it is a place that was like a, a university. It was a hospital. It was where our, our ancestors learned and developed. It was, there's a book that's titled The Temple in Man. It's a rather large temple, takes on a number of, of, that would be city blocks. But it was broken or divided, I should say, into various areas. Mm -hmm. The Ipet is, has the covered temple, which would be equal to the head. The, the uh, peristyle court, which then gets, more into what we might call um, from the throat to the top of the body, the torso. The, the colonnade of Amun is basically from the navel down to give or take somewhere around the leg, the knee area. And then the court of Ramses, that's the, that's the colonnade of Amun, which is from the navel to, um, the, um, to the knees. And then the court of Ramses takes it from the knees down to the soles of the feet. And our ancestors built this temple blocks long in the direct proportion of the human body. Mm. But not only did they do it as it relates to the human body, but remember the septenary soul, the sevenfold soul? Well, mm -hmm. they also broke it up according to the development of the human being. And so the covered temple is where the Ka and the Ba resided in the newborn. Then when the Kaaba was added to the Ka and the Ba, that is when the individual became two to three years of age. Mm -hmm. Then the colonnade of Amun is when the Aku joined the Kaaba, the Ba, and the Ka, and that is when the individual is seven to eight years of age. Going from the colonnade of Amun into the court of Ramses is when the Puta and the Seb is added to the Aku, the Kaaba, the Ba, and the Ka. And that's when you're 12 to 13 years of age. It's powerful. Uh, the way our ancestors thought was just phenomenal. It, it's, it's a way of thinking we have to get back to. And then at the age of 18 to 19 years of age, it was believed to be that time when the human being was then at its adult level. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it came to fruition, and that is when the Ka, the Ba, the Kaaba, the Aku, the Seb, the Puta, and the Atmu all came together and ushered that individual into the world in order to become a productive citizen. So 18 to 19 years of age was where the most formative time of the human being came, and everything that they developed, not just from a physical sense, but from a spiritual sense and from a mental sense, and from a soulful sense, was meant to all come together. That person was to become that divine human 
and be able to move forward in life and in so doing prepare him and herself for what would come after. To our ancestors, there was no such thing as what we might just call quote-unquote life. It was eternal life. Mm. We have always been around. We are around now, and we will always be around. So conception was like a doorway to the eternal temple of life. Birth was a doorway in the eternal temple of life. From infancy to your entire life was the room that you came through when you were born. Death was a doorway to the next level. But it's not after life. It's eternal life that just continues. <laughs> and in science, energy, light, spirit, can neither be created nor destroyed. It only reforms itself or it conforms itself or it restructures itself into the next level. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as death. Death is a doorway. Birth is a doorway. Conception is a doorway to a room in the eternal temple of life. Absolutely. This is amazing. Thank you for that, Professor. So, um, there are links, ladies and gentlemen, uh, down below uh, in this interview, in the description, where you can uh, get uh, Professor Kaba's, uh, I think it's a two-DVD set uh, on, on spirituality before religion? Yes. Uh, yes. Also, uh, where people can also sign up for the free e-course. We have a five-day e-course on spirituality before religion. Is that right? Yes, it is. And again, brother, I appreciate us being able to work together to make that happen because for me, spirituality before religions was such a transformative experience, not just for me uh, writing it, but it was transformative for me as an individual. Mm -hmm. And the e-course is meant to prepare the reader for the book when it comes out uh, because there are aspects of it that we can start to prepare for now. There are books that are listed in that e-course that people can get now that assist them in understanding the full spectrum of what it is that we're trying to say. And again, I say to our people, I, I love our people unconditionally. Um, the, the purpose of this book is for us to begin to think and to bring these thoughts of our ancestors back into our daily worship of self mm-hmm. and of the creator. It is to understand what our ancestors meant when they spoke about sacred or soul science, that spirituality is unseen science, and science is seen spirituality. It's one and the same. Mm -hmm. And once we put the two together, we no longer believe in God. We no longer have faith in God. We will know God in its most divine form. Because he understands she has put this all together in a way that is so phenomenal. So as we go through spirituality before religions, understand, if you've got a god, you've got to have a goddess. Uh-huh. It's a balance. And we better understand this. If you're going to have a god, you're going to have to have a goddess. Because if you don't, you, you don't have spirituality and you become 
who Dr. Marimba Ani calls Urugu, the incomplete one. Mm-hmm. You must find your twin. And if you're a man, your twin is female. And if you're a female, your, 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 your uh, twin is male. Mm-hmm. And I'm not speaking on a physical level. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking on a spiritual and a mental level. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Professor, for being with me today, sharing uh, your wisdom with uh, our, our listeners. Uh, we're, we're going to start doing this on a, on a regular basis. We've done so many live video shows together that have changed so many lives, uh, including my own. Uh, but I want to start to uh, – uh, there's, there's quite a few listeners on radio that, that, that need to also hear your message on a weekly and regular basis. So I just honor you for uh, taking the time out to be with me today. My brother, Philippe, I thank you for giving me this opportunity, and I send my regards uh, to our family who are who's listening to this. And, again, com takes you to the e-course and to all the other work that we've been doing. And I thank you so much for this opportunity. Fantastic. Take care, everybody. We'll, we'll listen in again uh, uh, soon with Professor Kabahia Wafakamane on the Philippe Matthews Radio Show. Take care, everybody. Hotep, Hotep family. Hotep, Philippe.